0: Hi, this is Kathy, host of the Rock Your Retirement Show. Today I have John Braddock with me, and John is an entrepreneur, he's an author, he's a speaker, and the reason why he's coming on the show today is because he's the founder and CEO of My Life and Wishes, which is an educational and digital planning platform with a mission to help at least one million families become thoughtfully prepared for the inevitable, their own death. And, you know, we do talk about death on this show and I'm so glad that he's put this together and he has some, uh, you know, some tips for us as well. John has become the Howard Stern of death, (laughs) making it entertaining and educational to audiences around the country. He's the author of Advisor or Vendor, Retiree's, and My Life and Wishes Organizer. And his most recent release is called Click Here When I Die, and it's an Amazon bestseller. So, John, welcome to the show.
1: Kathy, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you. So, my first question is, how did you think of this? What's <laughs> Yeah, like, what, what made you think of this?
1: <laughs> well, I didn't think of it. I was forced into it, if, uh, if I may. Um, just about four years ago, my father-in-law uh, passed away.
0: Uh, unexpectedly.
1: And what happened next was a 10 plus month ordeal of trying to sort through all of his final affairs from funeral desires, uh, which obviously need to be made in the first day or two, um, to locating his will and finding insurance policies that would Uh, Pay for things as well as take care of my mother-in-law. He was an old IBM guy and so very uh, Technologically savvy and so he did a lot of things on the computer and trying to track down login information passwords not to mention uh, challenge questions was (laughs) a nightmare at best
0: so are you saying that when somebody dies, you can't just reach out to the company and say, hey, this person's died, I need you to give me the, the login and password? They they won't do that?
1: Um, eventually, <laughs> when you prove the person is deceased, and then you've gone through the steps of uh, getting a power of an attorney and, and those kind of things, which can take Um, you know, weeks, if not months, and what was so challenging, uh, Kathy, as as I'm sure many of your audience knows and has experienced probably is that when someone dies, there are some natural emotions, you know, sadness, certainly grief. Those are normal and, and there's nothing we can do about those, nor do we want to, because those are part of the natural healing process. But the other emotions that many times come along are anger, frustration and confusion by not knowing what the deceased or the loved one would have wanted. Um, as a good friend, Nick, said to me, he said, I really wish I had known that mom wanted to be cremated before I buried her.
0: How did you that- find out?
1: He found out about a year later going through all of her information because they never had a conversation about it. And now Nick lives with uh, knowing that he didn't ultimately honor his mother's final wishes. And, you know, and beyond that, then trying to track down all the things that are needed. Where is the will located? Is it up to date? What life insurance policies are in force? In my father in law's case, uh, he was in his 80s, he saved everything you know fortunately and not fortunately because we went through 40 years worth of documents and came across insurance policies and we're making phone calls to insurance companies and say is there still a policy in force no that policy was canceled you know years ago or cashed in and you know drilling these things down create this frustration and confusion and it takes away from what we should be doing And that's grieving the loss of the loved one, not tied up in the, the vast details of trying to locate and find everything. In my father-in-law's case, we went through his desk and found a safe deposit box key and as safe deposit box keys do they come in a nice little envelope with the name of a bank on it, except the name of the bank. We didn't recognize which took us about a week, exhaustive phone calls to financial institutions, as well as chamber of commerce to help us track down where the safe deposit box was. When we located it at a bank on the other side of town, it was not a bank that he had any of his accounts at. And so you ask yourself, wow, (laughs) why? Why, why are these things scattered? And it really boiled down to Ted, my father-in-law, never talked about it. No one talks about death. And, and, and through my experience over the last four years of traveling the country and speaking with people and getting stories for my book, you know, one thing is clear. No one likes to talk about death, especially our own.
0: Right, because if we talk about it, it means we're going to die, right? Exactly. And, <laughs>
1: and and a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a group of people, and a woman expressed the same sentiment. She said, you know, John, it's bad luck. And I looked at her, and now I am in my mid 50s and I have college age children, boys and girls. And the one thing, you know, I hear all the time and see is people are always talking about sex, but that doesn't make us pregnant.
0: (laughs) Well, John, I don't know about you, but I'm never going to die because I'm never going to talk about it. And so I will never die. Right? Well, you know, (laughs) As far as I know, there's only been one person that has died and then come back and is still alive. So I think I'm probably going to die someday, right?
1: <laughs> you know, likely. I, I think someday they may actually have a cure for it. Oh, but, that would be But good. Likely, likely not within our lifetime. You know, my, my research uh, on death itself, while maybe not scientific, We have had people on this planet for about 300,000
0: years. (laughs)
1: And as best as I can figure,
0: most of them, you
1: know, so uh, when someone says, you know, well, who should really talk about this kind of stuff? I said, well, really, it's pretty simple. It's only for those who are going to
0: die. Right. Exactly. the
1: the hundred percenters,
0: right? Exactly. We're all going to die eventually. So, so I just have a question for you, John. How long did it take you to sort out your your father, your father-in-law's name was Ted? Yes. How long did it take you to sort out Ted's affairs to where things could be handled?
1: Well, it, um, it, it took us about 10 months to finally get, you know, everything done and located. And, and, you know, it's a lot of the little things that we don't think about. It was then after the fact, about a month or so after his death, it was like, you know, didn't didn't Ted, wasn't he in World War II for a period of time? I mean, he wasn't in active combat, but he was in communications. It's like, oh, yeah. And so we didn't even think to contact the VA.
0: Oh, right.
1: And there, there's benefits there, uh, you know, albeit not huge, but, but anything helps at that time, and, and in our case, when, when we look at the silent generation, you know, our parents, you know, they grew up in a time where, at least most of them, where you don't talk about money, you don't talk about religion, and you don't talk about politics. Those are the three things you just don't talk about, you know. Now, today… We're all too ready to talk about politics and religion, right? To prove somebody else that they're wrong and we're right. And And we wear
0: our money in our cars.
1: Exactly.
0: Money we usually don't have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. But interestingly enough, back then, and my father-in-law was that, and my own parents were this way. You know, the man was a breadwinner. He took care of things. And my mother-in-law, Marie hadn't written a check or paid a bill in over 60 years. So when you say how long did it take to uh, sort everything out, it took us 10 months to sort all the details out. But to this day, we still handle all the finances. For my mother-in-law, who is now 87, and I'm not saying you can't, teach someone in their 80s finance, but it's not easy, well, particularly when they haven't done it.
0: Right, right. So she's lucky to have you. Well,
1: she's lucky to have her daughter, my wife, Michelle, uh, who is much more patient than I am with those <laughs> sorts of things. Um, and sadly, I think, you know, my mother-in-law lives with that kind of reality because she never dealt with anything. Well, as long as there's checks in the checkbook, there's money, right?
0: Right. Right. So tell me, so you spent all this time and obviously you're here on the show today to help the listener not have to go through that 10 month process of, finding everything or actually it's it's really for us to do our own planning for ourselves right not not say hey dad hey mom can you please tell me where everything is cuz they might not like that too much so what are some of the things that we need to think about i was on your website and one of the things that i didn't really think about was your social media account your facebook account so what are some things besides that that we really need to think about when planning for our own demise
1: well it all starts with i think the the inevitable and that's that's death and when someone dies for anyone who's been through that experience not dying themselves but having, <laughs> having someone because the dying part's pretty easy to accomplish you know the the sorting things out is is the challenge and so the first things that that happen are you're, you're bombarded with no less than 20 or 30 questions beginning with, well, what funeral home should we take the deceased to? You know, oh, I don't know. I mean, there's like 10 of them in town. Um, and you have to make that decision and did the departed wish to be buried or cremated and, um, religious or traditional ceremony or just a memorial service and the list goes on who should be contacted that you might want to know of your passing like you're uh, you're an alumni from you know your school the other side of country somewhere that's not going to see the obituaries in the local papers and and those are the 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 first and immediate things then how's the funeral gonna get paid for because my experience with funeral directors God love them they do a wonderful job but, you know, while they're telling you how sorry they are for your loss, they're also handing you a bill that needs to be paid. And is there active life insurance? And how do we locate it? And is there a will? And... Uh, You know, then you move on into all the other accounts. Where are the financial accounts? What about pension and retirement accounts? Are there any stocks and bonds and savings? Who's the broker? Who should we contact? What about the attorney? Um, What about tax returns? Who did your your last tax returns? Because just because you're deceased doesn't mean you're not going to have a a tax return done. And then today, uh, in You know, technology has made our lives so much simpler while we're alive, but our online digital presence will live on without us. Who's going to close down my Facebook, my Twitter, my LinkedIn, Instagram accounts? What about Netflix, my Amazon Prime account? I read two newspapers every day, none of which show up in my driveway. They're on my iPad. And who's going to terminate those subscriptions so that the credit card doesn't continue to get charged? And if your listeners, you know, think through all the things that they may have, HelloFresh or Blue Apron or all the other things that are out there, it becomes this, you know, million and one tentacles that have to be, you know, untangled. You know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s in a small town in New Jersey. And back then, there was, you know, one bank in town. (laughs) Everyone knew where the funeral home was. Mm -hmm. And anything that was probably needed to close out my final affairs in life were located in my desk drawer. And any bill that I ever paid is going to show up in the mailbox. (laughs) Yes, that is the thing that sits out front of my house
0: <laughs> not in my neighborhood my my mailbox is down the street i don't have that luxury of having it in front of my house <laughs>
1: oh, but, but but for the listener for for maybe some millennials that- that might be listening, uh, a mailbox is something that used to be right in front of your house. And, That's and, you know, right. And truck would pull up every day. And, and mail came in and it
0: and... that wasn't actually junk mail. Actually, people sent letters and birthday cards.
1: <laughs> right. As, as I told someone last week, I said, you know, the only thing that shows up in my physical mailbox today are pizza flyers and birthday cards from my mother.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> at least she still sends you a birthday card.
1: <laughs> right, right with a five dollar bill.
0: Oh. <laughs> you don't get one for every year you are of age. so <laughs> that, that, that would
1: be nice.
0: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so there are so many things to think about. I mean, these are things I haven't thought about. I haven't thought about you know my online uh, newspapers and things like that. Now, I have seen people, with Facebook accounts, and obviously pr- someone probably had their Facebook password or something—I don't know—but they're still, they're still going. I mean, the the person has passed. I have a friend named Connie, and um, she passed away a couple of years ago. And every year on her birthday, I'm going to start crying. Every year on her birthday, I just because Facebook still says it's her birthday, and I'll just say, Connie, I miss you. And I'll just say something, you know, about something that we did together or whatever. So how does that work? Like, did somebody just have her password and they just kept it going? Or is that something that they say to Facebook? Hey, you know, this is a memorial. Like, what, what happens?
1: Well, Facebook now, um, within your account under settings, um, they, they have where you can designate a legacy Uh, Contact which would be somebody who after you've died and they prove you have died um, turn the account over to 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 the person legacy contact who then can manage the page uh, Memorialize it write some kind of an obituary on it set it up so that people don't post to it Or can at least monitor what people post some people do that. I think it can be a very touching tribute uh, to someone uh, For their for their family and friends But if they haven't Because I have seven friends uh, On Facebook Of whom are deceased And only two of the accounts Are memorialized hmm. And you know I can't think of anything <laughs> More embarrassing for The living person You know My old college roommate Who posts up on my Facebook Hey Braddock You selfish Selfish SOB right and you are what, what have you been doing i haven't heard from you in a while right, <laughs> right.
0: yeah and, see, uh, that actually has happened on connie's page people like i w- i noticed other people wishing her happy birthday and didn't reference the fact that you know other people said oh i hope you're having a great birthday in heaven and then some people were like hey have a great birthday <laughs> i'm like well she's passed away so do you do you realize that so yeah i totally uh, get what you're saying
1: And same with LinkedIn. Um, You know, there are ways now, and I think people should, you know, be proactive and and put legacy contacts in there. But recently, I, you know, a a longtime friend named Pete, who passed away about three years ago, as LinkedIn does, uh, you'll get in your notifications. You know, people have a job change to those things. Well, I recently got one that said, you know, wish Peter a happy birthday his birthday. And my only thought was I hope his other 500 plus connections know that he's not responding you know, thank you for the birthday wishes any longer.
0: Yeah, it is. These are all things that we, we don't really think about. That in today's day and age, you're right, really, we should think about this because we don't want to cause our friends and family stress after we pass, right? And You know we might pass away suddenly and then nobody knows or we might have a sickness and we didn't really want to burden everybody you know send out a send out a message to all of our LinkedIn you know professional contacts hey I'm sick I mean no one's gonna do that well and even if
1: people don't set up a legacy contact writing down where you have these accounts what your, you know, login credentials are, challenge questions and those kind of things. And yeah, write it down, put it in an envelope, stick it in your dresser drawer and tell somebody, look, if I die, go in a dresser drawer, pull out this gosh darn envelope and close down my accounts. At least let somebody know the things are out there and what you'd want done with those things. I mean, people... <laughs> You know, why don't people plan for death? Well, you know, it's bad luck and those other things. But, you know, the other question people or, or answer that people give to me is like, well, I have time. And, and my response is, really? You know, <laughs> this is not taxes. I mean, I can wait until April 15th to do my taxes if I so choose without any real great consequence because it's a date certain. But I don't know when I'm going to die.
0: You didn't get your pre-notification email?
1: I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> you better check you know, your
0: check your spam folder. <laughs> and
1: and and you know it's interesting because this morning in the United States alone over 7600 people woke up they expect that they will do that tomorrow but they won't. The good news is we don't know who that's going to be. But we have to be prepared. And it's not that difficult. What I say to people is, you know, when they say, well, why should I plan? Why do I need to do it now? And it all begins with, I think, a very important question, which is, what do I want the experience to be like for my family when I die?
0: You know, that is a really great place to pause and take a break. So we're going to ponder that question. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you, how do I begin? Because to be honest, John, I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed. So because I'm like, okay, now I got to think about this. I got to think about that. And I know you have some great resources for us. So when we come back from the break, we're going to find out where we can start So I'm with John Braddock and we're rocking our retirement by taking care of our family members by thinking of how we're going to put our affairs in order so that when we pass they can grieve and they're not stuck for 10 months trying to find all of our papers. So we'll be right back. Do you want to join in the conversation? Have a question that you need help with? join our Facebook group. It's free and we have fun in there along with supporting each other. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash community and apply to be a member. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm here with John Braddock who has written some excellent books and one of them, talks about some of the things that we need to do when we pass. So, John, welcome back. Thank you, Kathy. So you were just about to explain to us before we took the break, some solid things that we can do now that can help us prepare. Because to be honest with you, some of these things I haven't even thought about. Like, I know I have my will. I have my power of attorney. I've done the, um, I forget what it's called, but the thing that lists out if I want the plug pulled or if I want it plugged in,
1: (laughs) your advanced directives.
0: Thank you. So I've done a lot of these things, but I haven't told anybody, you know, I haven't written down my Facebook information. I haven't done any of that. So John, how do I figure out what I need to do? How do I start?
1: Well, that's a great question. And what I tell people is, you know, because it can become overwhelming and it's like, oh, how can I ever get that done? This is not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon and it doesn't have to all be done in one sitting. But every little bit helps. And since we don't know, you know, when our last day will be here, it's best to start going through these things now. My biggest concern after we went through the experience of my father-in-law, it really struck me. My children are are college age. And I thought if something were to happen to me, my children would have no clue, no idea even where to begin. And so I thought I have to start doing this. And so I started writing uh, the My Life and Wishes Organizer uh, about four years ago. Which I put out, which is simply a guide where I listed everything I could possibly think of that they would need to know from insurance policies that I have that are in force. You know, what insurance company it is? Who is the insurance agent? Do I have a will? Yes. Where is it located? Who is the attorney? You know, all the kind of steps that would guide somebody and help them to avoid the anger and the frustration and the confusion of trying to figure everything out. And as I completed the organizer and started making it available to all of our clients and, and frankly, the world, uh, if, if they so choose to use it, I kept coming up with other things. The, the big one that struck me was Pets. So many people have pets who are as important to them as children. They are their children. And what's going to happen to, you know, Colby, our cat, if something were to happen
0: to us? Oh, I've seen pets wind up in the animal shelter when somebody passes, which is so sad.
1: Very sad.
0: It is sad. You know, I have a... I have a Moluccan cockatoo and if for the listener, you've may have heard him in the past because occasionally he wants to be part of the show, (laughs) but he is in my will. He's in my, he's in our trust. He actually comes with a substantial sum of money, but John, I have to be honest with you. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants (laughs) this bird. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, you have to make that substantial sum of money a little larger. Well,
0: it's pretty substantial already, but, you know, he can be a handful. And I don't know if you know anything about birds, but this particular type of bird can live 85 years. And I've had him 27. And
1: and that's so important. (laughs) Right. That you've associated... A dollar amount with it because what people don't realize is, you know, let's say, you know, I, I'll take a cat as an example. You know, I know people who have cats who live 20 years an indoor cat and they love their cat. But here's the thing to think about. If your cat's five years old and it's got a life expectancy of, let's just say 15, you have 10 years. Okay, what is the annual cost of care
0: exactly from
1: food to litter to the
0: vet uh,
1: the vet and all the charges and make sure that the person who you know is going to become the caretaker of that that there is a place for that person in your will to be able to fund those things so they don't have to incur the expense. And what you've done with your bird is phenomenal. You've taken a huge step. You have to find somebody to take the bird. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's the first step. So if you're interested in a Malacan cockatoo, please email me at blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, I'm sure your your email box is going to be loaded. Oh, now. yeah. I'm
0: sure everybody's going to want them. The, you know, people with tortoises. People with large birds that live a long time. I think a lot of us, we we do think about these things, but we don't necessarily put it in our will or our trust. And certainly dogs and cats. I mean, they don't live as long as my bird, for sure. My husband and I do have two dogs. And they're in our will as well. But, you know, we have a lot more people who are willing to take our dogs than our, than our birds. So the dogs don't come with the, uh, the stipend that the bird does. <laughs> right. But you're right. You're so right. I never, I mean, most people don't think about it. And I feel my heart breaks when I read the notifications, you know, when I'm looking at the animal shelters and I read the notifications that their caretaker died family members couldn't take it in for whatever reason. And here is this dog that is also grieving right? and now is in an animal shelter. So sad.
1: It's terrible. And, you know, because people don't really think through because it's uncomfortable to think about what's going to happen when we're not here. And and so again, it gets back to you do it out of love. You know, we're all planners by nature. You know, we, we plan everything in our lives. we, plan to go to college. We plan to buy that new house. We plan to have a baby. And is it a boy or a girl? We plan and we paint the, the, the room, the, the right color. We plan all of our vacations and our getaways. Heck, I've already planned when I'm going to the grocery store this afternoon and what
0: <laughs> I am making for dinner. Mm, what is it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's gonna be easy. It's actually uh, turkey burgers tonight. Mm, but yeah. so, but I've already planned it out. We plan for everything, and the only thing I can think of is the reason that we plan all the things that we do is because those are fun. They benefit us. Planning for our death is not fun, and it doesn't benefit me at all. It benefits others, and so the only reason that I would want to plan is for love. In, in my opinion, it is the ultimate act of love and it is the ultimate final gift that I can leave to my family. Peace of mind of knowing that they will be able to sort everything out, take care of everything very simply, and they can get on with grieving.
0: You know what? That is so true because basically if you don't plan for your own death, you're leaving that, Somebody else is going to have to do it. You're sticking that to someone else and it's probably somebody that you love. And basically they're not going to be able to spend that time grieving. They're going to have to be running all around, looking for your papers, trying to figure out where your, you know, your, your newspaper, get that stuff shut off. They, they don't know all these things like you do because it's in your head. Exactly. So basically what you do, John, is you help get their information out of their head and somewhere on paper or on the internet, and you can explain that in a minute, somewhere so that somebody can take a look at that planner and say, oh, okay, this is where it is. So that's what you do, right?
1: Exactly. Dad cared or mom cared because they wanted to save me time. You know, the, the 10 months it took us, it was, it was interesting. You know, first and foremost, my in-laws lived about a mile up the street from us. I can't imagine trying to deal with this if they were in another town, much less another state. Then the amount of time that it takes contacting all the places that have to be contacted, which you can only do you know at nine to five or eight to five during the week when likely your employer, would like it if you were working on their behalf. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true During that, that piece of time. So it's the ultimate gift. As I say, you're giving them back time. You're giving, you know, you're giving them time to grieve and to be with their own family and their own children and not wrapped up in all the minutiae of trying to sort through every last piece. And the other piece that has become so prevalent. I've had people tell me that, oh, death, death is a time that brings family closer together.
0: Not necessarily. It depends.
1: (laughs) It it can be the most divisive time ever. I have talked to people who tell me they haven't spoken with their siblings in 10 years because everybody thinks they know what mom or dad would have wanted.
0: My husband has stage four cancer, and we found out in November of 2016, actually on election day, a lot of these things we have, we have our will, we have our trust, we have our power of attorneys, we have all of the things that we thought we needed. But then my husband made some decisions that I didn't realize that those were his wishes. I would have thought that he would have not wanted to go through chemo. And he did. And he actually has a blog about it. I'll just mention it's called hascancer.com if you're interested in reading it, the listener. But here's the thing. Even if you've talked, even if you've spoken your wishes, there are still things locked up in your head that your family just doesn't know. And what John has done is he has given you away to think about what all those things are, because I'm, I'm still learning. And if you've listened to the show, you know that I was a financial advisor in the past. So these are things that are on my mind, but John has, has brought these things into one place, things that you might not have thought about. And it is so, so important to get it down on, I'm going to say on paper. I know that some of the things that John does is, is online. And so with that sort of explanation, John, I'd like you to tell the listener what you do. Usually I don't do commercials on the show, but I, I want you to tell us what your system does because it is so, so important.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband's situation.
0: Thank you. And our
1: thoughts and prayers, obviously, with, with both of you and all your family. Thank you very much. My life and wishes is is a safe online storage for everything your family will need to know when you die. And so we have built a platform that allows the user to go in and enter at their own pace and leisure all of the key information that we've discussed today on your show um, from do I want to be uh, buried or cremated, What type of service? Heck, I've even built in a place where I can put obituary notes in there because we went through the process of trying to write an obituary in 24, 48 hours and my mother-in-law to this day still says, oh, we should do another but right. left out stuff." So it's like, well, just, sorry, Marie, we're not doing another one. <laughs> but, but, but at least I can list, you know, the things that I'd like to, to be in there.
0: Right. The important things. Exactly.
1: And, and even if my family does know some of the things during those first 24, 48, 72 hours of shock, They're not going to remember this stuff. So get it down, document it. Place to to list the bank accounts, where they're located, how to access things, documents, insurance policies. Well, don't make the family search through your entire life and household in boxes of things looking for insurance policies when you can just say, hey, I have these three life insurance policies. Boom, boom. Boom. And I have the ability, if I wish, to even make it easier for them, I can upload copies of those documents. I can tell them where my will is. I can upload a copy of my will. I can tell them who the attorney is. I can list all my pet's information and their medical records if I so choose to to upload those into the system. And plenty of space for, for free form things, you know, just simple bequests, you know, many things aren't going to be, you know, in your will itself, but instead of having two or three of the kids fight over, you know, dad's watch well, you would have wanted me to have it, no, you know, tell them who you want it or the girls fighting over mom's china Because mom told both of the girls, well, you know, when I die, I want you to have the china, Mm -hmm. you know, list all these things out. And our platform is very simple and intuitive and guides the user into entering the information. And one of the unique advantages of it is you can list. uh, Well, first of all, you can share account with your spouse. So there's sections for each But then you can add what we call authorized user. An authorized user could be a key advisor. It could be uh, another family member or child. And you get to choose what they would have access to or not within it. Because there's some things I might not want my children to see right now. So that when I pass, they would have the ability to go in. And know everything and see everything. Okay. And what's there? And and what prevents my kids from going in and looking now is that if they try to access it, there's a big pop-up box that says your dad is gonna be notified that oh. you are accessing his <laughs> do you it. I wish to it. proceed? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and short of that, the other thing, in case kids forget how to access it. I've I've gone one step further and in my, you know, dresser drawer in an envelope is a card that lists the website and my login credentials and it's sealed up and they know, look, you know, it's not pleasant to talk about, but I am going to die someday. And when I do go in a dresser drawer, pull this thing out, everything you need to know will be there you know, make your lives so much easier. I promise.
0: That is awesome. Now, and what does, do you want to have for dinner? Oh yeah. Right. And what you want for dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah. does your book click here when I die? Does it, does it list out these items too? Or like, what's the relationship between the book and the, um, organizer?
1: Well, the, the, the book in and of itself does. It talks about all the different things that, that people need to consider, much like we've discussed today. As, as I tell people all the time, you know, whether you use my platform or not, I don't care. But you need to get this stuff documented. You need to write it down and you need to tell somebody about it. Right. You know, so, You know, writing it all down and getting organized is one thing, but somebody needs to know about it.
0: Because otherwise they might not find it until five years after you passed away.
1: Right. And then they find out dad wanted to be cremated and we've got him stuck in a hole, you know, down the road. And so, so the book goes into it, but what, what I encourage your listeners to do if, if they're interested, it's an easy read. It's about a, it's about a two hour read, cheaper even on Kindle if, if they wish to do that, (laughs) but it goes through those things. But as I, as I try to always do, I've taken a deep, conversation, but there's a lot of humor uh, in the book because I think if we're talking about this kind of stuff, you have to make it a little bit light. And it's also filled with other people's stories because, you know, (laughs) don't take it from just me that I'm the one guy who's ever had to deal with this kind of stuff. Everybody before me has had to deal with it. And unfortunately our biggest challenge i think that we have today is getting people to understand you know you're going to have this problem you just don't know it yet unless you've actively prepared and most people have not
0: just read the book and create their own um organizer or they can use yours which is already laid out for them and ready to go and um John, I am so glad that you came on the show today to talk about this, because this is is something that we're all going to need to face. I mean, if we don't face it, our family's going to have to face it for us. And so what a gift of love to take care of some of this yourself. So John, thank you again for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kathy. And, um, you know, if I can just... Uh, let your, your, your listeners know if there's, if there's just one takeaway, do it for love.
0: Right. Do it for love. And if they want to reach out to you, how can my listener find you?
1: Um, your listeners can reach me directly uh, through my email, which is john, J-O-N, at mylifeandwishes.com.
0: And, and is spelled out, correct? A A-N-D? D. Correct awesome. Well, thanks again, John. Really appreciate your coming on the show. And for my listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement.